It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia premiered on August 4th, 2005. Let's put 22 minutes on the clock. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantina and I'm your host. And I'm joined, as always, by the one and the only, the domino aficionado. It's <laughs> Grimes! That's right. Of course, we are doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as a new season. I believe it's season 12 somehow. It's up there. Yeah, the it's up there. Um, the episode is called The Gang Gets Racist. <laughs> And I'm I'm pretty sure they've stuck with the the same episode structure and the same like graphics since the very very beginning. Yes, I mean, you have your 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 time listed on some particular day, and we're into the episode usually starting in the bar setting. Pretty much. And you know something that I didn't know is that the music is public domain. Yeah, that's why they picked it. <laughs> yeah, basically because it was free, and it was by a guy named Heinz uh, Kisling, I believe is how you pronounce it. And the um, the intro song is called "Temptation Sensation," and his, the two interlude tracks um, that eventually show up in this episode are "Blue Blood" and "On Your Bike." I'm sure if there's any other interludes that they swapped out through the years, it's also they're probably still using public domain stuff. Yeah, I mean that's still the the theme song. So yeah, so I mean they did good it for at, them. They did it at the very beginning because if you don't know, public domain is basically material that is passed into a certain area um, of the law where you can use it um, without any charge. So there's like movies that. Uh, that were from a particular like 19 any movie that was released before 1938 for an example would be um, public domain i don't know if that's the exact year but that's kind of how the rule is uh, used so this music fell into the public domain Uh, they used it as the intro and the interludes and i would assume that saved them a lot of money considering they are operating a bar that has a jukebox and Mm -hmm. i would assume that like using actually using the jukebox would get very expensive very quickly Right. Smart that they never did. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's just get into a little bit of a plot summary here. So in The Gang Gets Racist, uh, the, the three owners of this bar, along with Dee Reynolds, they hire a, a promoter, an African-American promoter named Terrell, and he helps them turn the bar into a more successful endeavor, but in the process he turns it into a gay bar. And that's kind of where we take the story. Now, what, what did you notice about, obviously you've watched this show for many years, I've watched this show for many years. Did you notice anything different about the humor, um, the production quality, the performances? What, what was different or what surprised you about this first episode performance? Well, I like to go back and watch the older episodes of a lot of these shows that I still like because you notice, <clears throat> excuse me, on really successful shows, 
around season three or four, they start to get way better looking. The HD gets like brighter. You know what I mean? It looks like they're on a set way more. Um, these old ones are kind of grittier, like that their original $200 pilot that we'll talk about. That was shot on camcorders, so this kind of has more of that look. Uh, just looks older and grittier, and I like it. Um, I miss that on TV. Like, this was in the era 2005. Like, when I first watched this show, it was not on an HD TV. I, like, couldn't afford one yet. I don't think I got an HD TV myself until, like, 08. Um, so, like, I was just on a regular shitbox watching this thing, and I've, like... <laughs> As this show has progressed and evolved, like so has my technology. So now I like watch it on the iPad. But you know, you do notice things like that, and it's just a little. The cuts are like a little more, I don't know, like drastic, maybe. Hmm. You know, it's weird how much this shares like production quality um, alteration wise. How much this shares with Trailer Park Boys, and how both have these very very humble beginnings and these very very low budget first seasons. And then yeah. as they get deeper into the season, and even in um, even in Trailer Park Boys' case where it's a mockumentary, it, when it makes that switch to H- HD, it is very, very jarring. And it, it is it, jarring. It almost, it almost affects the comedy in a way that it's kind of based in grit and grime. And you think, right. well, why, why, why would it be so crisp and why would it have... You know, it would be like shooting Miami like it was New York, or it's like shooting a, a certain location like it's a different location. It's sure it's shooting a different aesthetic, like it's a different aesthetic. You know, so like in Trailer Park Boys, when they went to HD, it just didn't fit because it wasn't, it just wasn't dirty anymore. You know, right, it right. It wasn't like these are the only cameras they could afford. It felt like okay, now it feels like a TV show. And, and then I, they have I to think, justify. Oh, sorry. No, I just think that that's kind of the same case here. Definitely. And in like Trailer Park Boys, not to go into too much of another show, but then they have to like write into the fucking scripts right. like this <laughs> shitty justification for why they're like rich now and everything's cool. Whereas these people, they stay scumbags. And to their credit, like throughout the show, like Mac gets really fat, like a real poor person would eventually. You know what I mean? Like Dennis <laughs> and D, like it's kind of a joke that they're rich, but they like slum it and live this lifestyle on purpose with mac and charlie who are actually like white trash yeah um so yeah but you do definitely notice the old feel and um it was missed like i haven't i haven't like revisited this a ton yeah i've probably seen the pilot three or four times now but it's, it's been weird. a while it's weird how quiet all the comedic choices are like especially in that beginning table setup they're they're trying to make you laugh with looks like Charlie, Charlie agrees about the crazy eyes, and Dennis agrees about making the first move. Like, um, kind of hinting at where those characters would go in broader ways. But I love that all the comedy in this episode is very, very quiet. It's very it, the body language is minor because you know if you go into season ten, it's like you know they're spoofing Birdman, so over or, the top. Yeah, they're yeah. going over the top, which is I mean, ten seasons in, you got to change it up and you have to even change styles completely. But it's just. It was. It just kind of took me aback at how at how quiet everything is. Um, the waitress appears in episode one. <laughs> Charlie says, "I like her. I have a little bit of a crush." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's funny to see how that all progresses and how they they really had that seed um, right away, and how they they were confident that that could be a storyline that they could exploit that they would literally include it as like a main as the B story in the pilot. And he has a picture of her in his wallet. 
do do we ever get to see what that picture looks like? Um, I'm not sure, but I just was gonna ask you if you remembered like picture in a wallet. Do you have like pictures in a wallet? Uh, People I, do that shit still. I, I mean, when I was younger, definitely I had. I but had now a it's on your phone, wallet. obviously. Like a, a high school girlfriend, I think I had as a picture in a wallet, but nice. not not in a very very long time. I have one of those really thin wallets. Um, Same. It, does, it doesn't open up. It's just like a front and back. Oh, like a magic wallet. Yeah, I have like a magic wallet. And it works. I'm kind of like a hipster. You're something like a hipster. (laughs) I mean, this thing is on something called modern vinyl. That's true. That's true. Um, You know, another thing I noticed (laughs) is that they didn't really have their, their visual style. Like, I don't think they had decided on how traditional or non-traditional they wanted to present this thing as because there is a weird mix between like static shots, traditional editing, like traditional, not sitcom editing, but, but like the street view shots and shit like right, that. The right. Cut, and cutaways. it goes between that and like the slightly handheld shaky cam that they became more well known for, you know, there's a real like technical proficiency to like right after the night, um, the first gay bar night. There's there's a really there's a technical proficiency to like the lunch scenes, um, and then when they do the story with Terrell, it's very handheld. It's kind of going around the table. It's it's almost like they're like trying to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what's stuck. And yeah, probably they didn't really know what they were doing either. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into that pre-pilot <laughs> production yeah. stuff because I know people are probably going to be interested in that. The legend. The legend. There's a few original pilot clips on YouTube that you can find, and we'll also post them on this episode post. Did you just wake up? Oh yeah, I'm actually I've been crying a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, listen, do you have any sugar, man? I, I just made a whole shitload of coffee and I ran out of sugar. Yeah. Uh, I might. Yeah, come on in. Sure. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I thought my place looked like shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Do you have a party or something? I mean, you, you seem like you're a little hungover or some shit. No, it's I found out that I might have cancer. But um, the original was called It's Always Sunny on Television. Um, they were struggling actors in L.A., um, it was centered around the entertainment industry. I know D is still a struggling actor, but they don't really... It's not about the entertainment industry. Um, and the original pilot was actually repurposed into the fourth episode of the first season. It's the one with Charlie gets cancer. Yeah, yeah. And where, like, yep. he's telling people, and, like, they're, they're, they're sad, but they're also trying to get out of the apartment. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to escape somehow. Like, yeah, I'll take the pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's They don't scenario. want to talk about it. No, they don't want to talk about it. That scenario was built um, in that original pilot and then transported after they got a few episodes under their belt. Um, I think it's like a DVD extra. There's like this mini doc. And mm-hmm. it, shows, it shows some clips from that original pilot. It shows Mac and Dennis. They're calling him Glenn, his real name, in this pilot. And it showed them in their house. It's not really an apartment. It's a bigger house. Um, going over to Charlie's, um, they, show, they show another kind of short clip with uh, Morena Baccarin, who is in, I believe, is it called Gotham? Is that the new Batman show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's in that. She's also in Homeland. She was the wife of Brody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's in an early scene playing a transsexual that Mac is into. <laughs> so, Who then is later played by, oh, dang. Anyway, somebody. Oh, did somebody. they, they train Brittany Murphy. Oh, they Not Brittany Murphy. Not Brittany Murphy. Um, 
anyway, go on. Pull the lady through. from Joe Dirt. That's the only other thing oh, I can uh, think she's in. Okay, uh, now, now, she... now I'm not going to remember. But they transport anyway. that storyline as well. Yeah, yep, that sticks oh. along. Mm, I, di- I didn't know. That's cool. Women in this city? Shallow, materialistic, and d- just stupid. And, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't get the cans. Get the bottles. Get the uh, imports. Guys, guys, you have no idea what just happened. I just met a girl who is amazing. Smart, beautiful, the whole thing. That's, that's great, dude. Which one? That, the brown one over there. <laughs> the, uh, the one by the chair? Yeah. That's awesome. That's a dude. That's a man. No, the brown one the with brown, the hair. Right. But uh, yeah, the legend is that they did this this original pilot for two hundred dollars. Uh, these uh, those three guys that are the creators of the show, um, Glenn, Rob, and Charlie Day. Uh, they were friends in Hollywood. They did this pilot for two hundred dollars. The only thing they spent money on was the tapes, and then they started once they realized it was actually funny. They started pitching it around to networks, and FX FX jumped on it. Which is kind yeah, of which is kind of kind of nuts. And FX is the one that had the idea to transport it to Philadelphia, which was Rob's hometown. Yeah, the, I did watch that mini doc just to kind of um, get it fresh in my mind, and that's very interesting. I guess we could probably post a link to that in the show description mm-hmm. or something. But For sure. it's worth watching. It's like 10, 12 minutes long, and it really does go into this with the, like the true account. And um, I like when Glenn Howerton was like, yeah, it really didn't even cost 200 bucks. It cost like two cassette tapes, like (laughs) literally filming it on a freaking camcorder, which is cool. I mean, that's just if you can't get a job so many times, you know, we've both listened to thousands of hours of podcasts of people saying I couldn't get shit made. I couldn't get parts. So I just did this thing. And now, boom, like. It's so often that's the case, so good for them. You know, it's amazing. It's almost like something that would more so happen in today's environment. Like it seems right. like a, a workaholics um, style pitch presentation. Like make a bunch of YouTube videos, you know, sketch videos. Um, use the strength of those and your traffic to pitch to Comedy Central for like a narrative. So it seems like if the Always Sunny guys were coming up in today's environment, they'd almost be more at home. And they, but then of course they'd be competing with Vine stars. You know, and all all yeah. that different Instagram stars and all that different shit. So, you know, I think they were, they were really ahead of like the YouTube curve in terms of this. You know, do it yourself, um, pitch it to pitch it to the network yourself. I mean, who even knows how he got a meeting with like a fucking major right? Network? Like, how they must have like they must have really pulled whatever strings they had to even get that meeting. And <laughs> just like technology, like this is on that cusp of like standard def to high def. It, this they probably made this thing in like 2004 if there even was a youtube it wasn't like people were using it for that it was like some dumbass practicing using his digital camera or no, something they like were, they were definitely just buying tapes from walmart from like cvs yeah, yeah and just making shit so it um cooking them up in they, like the earliest version of adobe premiere and i think that's why this stood out just that extra you know it's like seinfeld heightened to like you know, that next level. And it stood out even more being, yeah, 11 years ago now or 12, I guess. But it's funny that you mentioned Seinfeld. There is one moment in the pilot that I specifically felt was directly inspired by Larry David. And it's um, Dennis avoiding D in the dream talk. I think he says, yes. Yeah. I, I dreams. Think, yeah. Yep. I, I think he says, I don't want to hear about your dreams. Okay, I hate listening to people's dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I could just hear Larry David delivering that line because 
they kind of set it up in the same way. It's that strategy of like using like a character declaration to transition into like a stand-up opening. Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of start the bit as like a character declaration, like something that pushes forth the narrative or the conversation. And then you deliver like the opening of the bit and the closing of the bit. Like this very, very truncated version of what would originally be like a five minute like stand-up bit or something that you right. do at like an open mic or something. Uh, and, and it's really just that primary joke. So here they deliver, and then and then they actually deliver the info where Dee and Dennis are brother and sister for the first time there. But I just thought that, that joke in particular made me think of Larry David. Yeah, definitely. And also Caitlin Olson being in Curb. Yes. I don't know that that affects this show at all, but I mean, she shows up in both and they have a similar type of like, I think uh, Curb is obviously mostly improvised, whereas this is written. But well, the thing is, where else would they would have seen her? You know, right? They probably right. saw her in Curb, so they're probably fans. I, I well, Rob is his is her husband in real life. Yeah, yeah. Now, but I don't, they didn't know each other before that. Oh, they didn't. I they think, met on this thing. I think they met through the show. Yeah. Damn. What? Because, so he's such a scumbag in real life. He hired <laughs> some like hot lady just so he could date her. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think Caitlin Olson's the one that said like. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. She said, I didn't know any of them. My manager actually asked after my audition, were any of them cute? And I was like, nah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's funny. I I would like to hear the behind the scenes story of how like a a cast of four, two of them hooked up, got married, had babies. Like if that was ever weird at any point, was there like, I don't know. It just seems like a very strange thing to have happened and to have succeeded. Same with Charlie and the Waitress. Oh, yeah. Charlie and the Waitress got married. I didn't even think of that. that that's, <laughs> so that, that Glenn is be... a punk. He gets nobody. Him and DeVito just hang out. <laughs> you know, I feel like DeVito probably has a wife he's been married to for 40 years. Yeah, Rhea Perlman, the lady from Cheers. Oh, so, okay. Okay, gotcha. Oh, her. I didn't even know that. That's yep, that's DeVito's lady. Um, you know, there is like a moment very early in the episode where I thought, you know, maybe they don't have that interlude music. The first interlude is just silence. And then as they go into the university scenes, the college scenes, that music finally comes in. And I was like, oh, okay. But for a second there, I thought they were going to go silence through all those transitions. And, and that would have made this a really weird outlier. Yeah. Because there's no the audience either. So that's just a lot of silence. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other, <coughs> do we want to go into some random notes? We got about four minutes left. Yeah, why not? I mean, I I don't know if I have a ton. I uh, I always get so bogged down in the plot that I don't notice like all the good details. But I guess that's why there's two of us. Right, right. I just thought the plot of this pilot. I mean, for most pilots, obviously they do a great job of character introduction. That goes without saying. But most of them are kind of shittier. This is just like any other episode of the show. You could take this episode and put it three seasons later, mm-hmm. and it would still be the same, which I love about this show. It's not, you know, it's like The Simpsons with real humans. It's like a, a hilarious, whatever, hyped up, explosive episode every week. It has nothing to do with, in general. I mean, you know, things stick, but. It's, it's just an, a good episode, I guess, just, of it's Sunny. Just, it's impressive how they had the rhythms down already. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was all ready to fucking go from the jump. And they just... Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, they're In that original pilot that we talked about before, the $200 one, I think this is another storyline that was transposed into the actual show. Um, Dennis says to Mac, you fucked a girl that Charlie had a crush on for over a year? 
I'm pretty sure that was taken, right? Max sleeps with the waitress pretty early on. Yes. Yes, and then Dennis also sleeps with her. Yes, and so does Frank. <laughs> and Frank does, yes. And I think Rickety Cricket maybe does later. <laughs> it's very, I think everybody does. It's very possible that everybody does except Charlie. Um, Mac is so, so skinny. Um, <laughs> yes, they all look so young and skinny, and I'm like, oh, man, that's probably like... I mean, yeah, that that must be a trip for them to watch that um, if they ever revisit it or catch it on TV or whatever. I would, I would love good. I'm sure there's a shitload of just interviews on interviews with all of them. But I hope when they're old, you know, they just like it. It's got to be so weird to just be in nobodies. And now like Charlie's probably getting like ten, fifteen million a movie. Yeah, he's, um, he's uh, you know, he's fighting Ice Cube in a parking lot in his next movie. I'm excited about that. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> That's just, like that's know. like the setup to a bad '90s comedy, not even a good one. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be that dude a little bit and talk a little shit because it wouldn't be me. Obviously, I love this show and all these people, and I like, you know, it means a lot to me this show for many reasons. But sometimes when I see these trailers like that with Charlie and like horrible bosses, especially horrible bosses two, even like, <laughs> like, dude, you know, you're so much better. Like, you could write a fucking awesome movie. Just take a year off. Count your sunny money and write something like it's just and you can't like I can't say I wouldn't do that. Obviously, if someone's like, hey, be like a heightened version of your TV self and here's 10 million bucks. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, I'm going to do it. But I just I don't know, man. I wonder about that. Yeah, well, the, the other cast members actually are kind of, kind of interesting histories. Um, Dennis, the guy who plays Dennis, he was in the running like i think he finished second to play the leading guardians of the galaxy he got he got beat out by chris pratt oh i'm pretty sure there's like concept art of dennis in in that character and then glenn <laughs> or not, yeah no i'm sorry mac he is directing the minecraft movie they're making like a Minecraft movie. Oh, and, right. Yeah, yeah, he's directing it. So, I, I mean, Damn. it could turn out like the Lego thing and be this huge worldwide smash hit, and he would obviously be set for life. But I thought that was kind of cool. Um, A couple quick random notes before we finish up. We're a little bit over. I love Charlie's line reading of Domino Biatch. And he slams <laughs> it down and everybody cheers for him. <laughs> That was that was very very good. Um, Dennis taking the compliments of the gay men is a really nice intro into like his narcissism. This episode's a lot about Dennis's nar- narcissism, and obviously that sets it up for ten seasons worth of that. And it's yeah, still not old. pretty much every episode. <laughs> the line this line is just truly horrible. I know how we can solve all of this gay mess. <laughs> yeah, some of these lines in 2016 or 17 are, were not cool. They're a little rough, but I I doubt that they would change a thing, and they would probably no. do this same episode again, considering they just did an episode where they turned into black people. Oh, great. Um, yeah, that was that was their opener of this season. <laughs> um, my friends still quote the, you take the salt, then you take the shot, then you suck on the lime thing. Like, they were quoting, yeah. when I was in New York City with some friends, they were quoting that I had no idea what they were talking about. But they, they still quote that, that segment where they're getting... Uh, Dennis, I keep forgetting their name. Dennis drunk. Um, I think I think that's all I have. I'm pretty sure the gang gets racist. Yeah, same episode structure. Uh, good. It's a pretty good pilot. It doesn't feel like a pilot. It feels like just another episode. And I think that. And I don't know when they even say their names, so they don't like they don't like stop the music and go, "Hey, Mac." You know, right. They don't have Charlie. Yeah, they don't have to do that. So I thought I thought that was really impressive as well. Any final any final thoughts? 
Um, I love that they were uh, brave, if you want to call it that, brave enough to tackle race and homosexuality in the same character in the pilot. They just kind of yep. like took it on. And um, one of my favorite parts is when Terrell is saying that he's telling a story about when he takes the guy into the back alley and tears his ass apart. And Dennis <laughs> is the only one who's sitting like every, Charlie and Mac assume that he's talking about beating him up. And Dennis yeah. is like, wait a minute, this dude's talking about like. so that was like a little look that dennis you know that glenn howerton as an actor made that just says it all yeah and that 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 again was that quiet humor they didn't have to rely on like over the top stuff that they do that they do now and it's still funny it's just a little more over the top um and if you're going to be stereotypical and if you're going to rely on like homosexual stereotypes you might as well be hilarious like with uh dennis taking the money and like a spin move yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're good, yeah. Of do course, it. he embraces it because it's feeding his ego. It's like bad to be gay unless it's making him feel great. Right, right. I mean, if you're gonna like make those jokes, they have to be hilarious, and they're right. So. And they did a good job. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the final thing I would say was, you know, if it wasn't for Devito, the show would have never gotten picked up. I don't think. Well, he, he doesn't come in until the second season, does right, he? Right, but I mean, no, but they were, I believe I heard somewhere, no, this is one of my unfact-checked Oh, tidbits, no. They were, like, on the verge of getting shit-canned, yeah. and then they were like, Hail Mary, Danny DeVito, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And Basically, now, they needed a bigger star to ensure yeah, that. Yeah, and he did it, so. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Anyway, well. that's it, man. This was good. I loved it. Let's stop it right there. We don't want to go stop. Too, too far over. Welcome to 2017, everybody. Um We've got a nice series of episodes for you to finish up uh, this season of Pilot Study. Of course, at the end of the episode, we will leave you a preview of what's coming next. We're not in a theme month or anything, so expect some more uh, random selections that we've been kind of holding off on and kind of wanting to do uh, for the last little bit. And um, yeah, I think uh, you should do some plugs, Grimes. Um, Well, my Twitter is awesome. Oh, so good. If you <laughs> love depression, yep. Underscore Grimes John, or go back and rent um, seasons one through ten of Celebrity Apprentice with our new president. I think that's quality TV. Yep, that's our big recommendation this week. Um, if you want to see how the country is going to be run, um, watch the episodes with Amorosa because she's probably going to have her finger on the nuclear button. It's good. It's good. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> All right, man. We, we'll miss you, Barry. Let's wrap it up. Thank you guys very much for listening. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, and we will talk to you next week. Listen to me, Lenny. Starting today, you have to lead the church. One billion people. One-fifth of the world's population. Do you understand what I'm saying, Lenny? One billion people will depend on what you say and do. They will make important decisions, happy or sad, of life or death, in order to obey you in the name of God. All of this creates a new perspective, an immense perspective. Now, your personal aches, your enormous sufferings, your terrible memories, It's a harsh thing to say, Lenny, but I have to say it. They must take a back seat. They are things of this earth. Do you understand what I'm saying, Lenny? I know all your sorrows. 
I've lived with them together with you. I've wept over them with you. But now the time has come for you to let your sorrows fade, to become irrelevant, distant memories, insignificant, vanquished, destroyed, and overpowered by the terrible responsibility that God has given you. From now on, you are no longer Lenny Bellardo, the fatherless, motherless boy. From now on, you are Pope Pius XIII, father and mother of the entire Catholic Church. And that's the premise behind Pilot's study. Oh, bummer.